Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a talk about whether or not Bungie should avoid September with future Destiny content this year, specifically because of Borderlands 3's launch date. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, probably live right now. Come into the stream. If I'm not live, click follow. If you're watching on YouTube, hitting the like and subscribe button is an easy way to help me out. So why are people saying avoid September? This is a conversation that is kind of been going on for, I don't know, three or four years. Anytime there's a launch date of anything, uh, anytime anything's scheduled, people think Bungie's in trouble because of other games. I am recording this on May 6, 2019, so obviously if you're watching this and news has come out about launch dates of anything, keep in mind when this was being recorded and then uploaded. I happen to think avoiding September would be a really, really bad idea. Paul Tassi wrote an article saying he thinks that they should try to avoid it. Borderlands 3 obviously has a very, very big draw, and it's a looter shooter. Very similar communities on Twitch to the people that play Destiny and Borderlands. You know, you see a lot of commonality, a lot of overlap there. I happen to think there's a there's a right decision here, kind of in the middle of where two you know two ideas people are putting out there, and I want to kind of put that forth. So first, let's talk about Borderlands Three. I do want to talk about Borderlands Three kind of versus Destiny. If you watch my Destiny versus Borderlands video, you can kind of see why I think they can coexist, why I think they're very different games. I want to then talk about the lesser pain. Uh, I want to I want to promote an idea that I think is the lesser pain of the ideas that people have put forth. I do think. September is going to be painful for the Destiny player base because I know Borderlands is going to be probably the single biggest draw away from Destiny. Not as big as Anthem, not as big as Division. I mean, I'm sorry, bigger than Division and Anthem, I think Borderlands will pull players away. And then who wants to say that? Who wants to say or hear that is kind of where I want to end as well. Like people saying they should avoid it, you know, or they should cite Borderlands. Who wants to hear that from Bungie and does Bungie really want to say that? So let's just start by talking about Borderlands 3. Uh, it certainly does pose a big draw. I mean, I think we can admit that. I don't think it's, I don't think it's delusional or absurd to say that people that like Destiny are likely to enjoy Borderlands and obviously they're going to gravitate towards it. I don't think that's an, that's an abnormal thing to predict. And again, I think it has, there's more commonality between Destiny and Borderlands than you had in Anthem or Division. Now, obviously, Anthem didn't do as well with Endgame and it's trying to recover, and Division has kind of died down on Twitch. I think Division captured and has a much more vibrant player base, but they're posing, you know, they're dealing with their own problems with Endgame and their own frustrations from the community about content. But I do think Borderlands has the greater commonality with Destiny. However, you gotta remember, not all Destiny fans even know what Borderlands is or have an interest in playing it. There's plenty of people that log in every day, every week, and are looking forward to Season of Opulence, or they're looking forward to September this year with some anticipation of some type of content being delivered. Bungie hasn't confirmed whether or not they're doing anything in September, but we know that's a common month for them to drop stuff in our lap. There's the leaks from Shadow of Anon the Nine that indicate there's no Comet DLC, but a sizable DLC to kick off the next annual pass. I happen to think that is very likely given the loss of High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions and the split with Activision, and I predicted something very similar. Whatever they had planned for the Taken Queen would be broken up. But you gotta remember, 
tons of people are looking forward to something and don't give a rip about Borderlands. Also, not all the fans who buy Borderlands 3 are going to become diehard Borderlands 3 only gamers. They're still going to want to see Destiny invested in. They're still going to want to see the game continue on. You know, roughly close to a million players logging in a day. More than that, probably an entire week once you add up all the unique players each week in Destiny. Even now, four years into its life cycle, it'll be five years this September. Even then, I still think you have to remember folks are not just going to cut ties with Destiny even if they like Borderlands. I think the games can coexist very, very well. Now let's talk about the lesser pain. There's a couple of options here. I do think Bungie needs to consider launch timing because Borderlands is launching September the 13th. That's a Friday. That's the second Friday in September of this year, 2019. Waiting until after Borderlands 3 launches, I think is the most riskiest, most bad decision they could make. Because what's going to happen is, it's going to be hard to get everyone's attention once they're in and playing Borderlands once it comes out. It'll be easy for people to kind of drift away maybe in a more permanent sense from Destiny, because they'll be like, well, it's been a while. I think Season of Opulence is going to be good, even though we haven't heard anything. I think Bungie's going to have to hit a home run by Curious Visions probably wants to hit a home run since it's their swan song. So I think the summer is going to be really good, but even still, by the time September rolls around, if nothing's happening, Borderlands lands, nothing from Destiny until after, it'll be harder to capture people's attention and get their attention. Even though I do think they can coexist, I think that would be a terrible decision. Now, some people might say, well, why not back it up? Don't launch in September. Don't wait. Launch earlier. Try to launch in August. Again, timing there in market research would probably dictate that's not the greatest idea. They've definitely set a pattern of September launches. August is still in summer. People aren't necessarily back into their normal rhythms or routines yet because of vacations and trips and the like. September is a really, really good launch window, especially after setting that pattern the last couple of years with the Taken King, Rise of Iron, the launch of Destiny 2, and then Forsaken. September is Bungie's month. I think the smallest amount of pain will be felt if they launch on September the 3rd. It's the first Tuesday in September. It gives them 10 solid days before Borderlands launches. This is a great window for people to say, I'm still playing Destiny. I still love Destiny. I gotta wait a week and a half for Borderlands to come out. I'm gonna dive in. I'm gonna check this out. Now, some people might be like, well, people are gonna say, why bother? Borderlands is coming out in a week and a half. That's generally not how people operate. I think if you don't launch anything and they dive into Borderlands, they're likely to drift. They're likely to say, Uh, I don't really feel like coming back to Destiny right now. I'll wait. And if they wait too long, by the time they do come back to Destiny, whatever you're launching, whatever you put out there, may have lowered and died down and gone down in relevancy, which hurts those who are playing. It hurts matchmaking times, etc. So of their three choices, launching earlier in August, not launching until after Borderlands 3, I guess what, in October, or launching September the 3rd, I think September the 3rd is their absolute least painful choice, because I do think we have to admit, Borderlands does pose some magnetism to the consumer and to the player base of Destiny, but not to the point that they need to deviate that sharply into August or October, that could really hurt things. Lastly, who wants to say that? 
do you really think that Bungie wants to come out and say because of Borderlands 3's launch date, we've decided to not launch anything in September. The community would want to know what the frick is going on. If you don't do anything in September, there would need to be some type of explanation or some type of launch schedule reasoning given. Like, why are you suddenly breaking from September? They would need to say something. I highly doubt they want to come out and say, yeah, we're really wanting to shift things around because of Borderlands. We're wanting to shift things early in August or later in October or whatever. If they land on September the 3rd, it just makes sense to the community. It's in line with a lot of the expectations. It's in good launch window with the seasonal changes. And again, it gives them 10 days. It gives you one reset in the new content, right? You get one full week and then you get the reset. And then on Friday, Borderlands launches. This does a couple of things. It gets the new content's hooks in you. If there's new guns, new bosses, new things to do, and you get exposed to that, that kind of gets its hooks in you. You'll play Borderlands, you'll be like, you know what, I'm going to drift back into Destiny. This is the reset, it's weekly, it's the daily or whatever. And then you also got Borderlands. You can kind of bounce between two games. I think that's a far better reason. Destiny fans don't want excuses about delayed or rushed launches. I don't think community members or gamers want to hear excuses or reasons as to why something's getting rushed or delayed. And I don't think any developer worth their weight is going to come out and say, this other game is why we're switching things around. Who is going to say, we're changing launch because of Borderlands 3? They would never do that with any of their DLC or launch schedules. They would never say that Drifter was more thin or scant because of the launch schedules of other games, even though a lot of us speculated that that was going to happen well before the content ever came out. I said, well, Drifter lands in the middle. Drifter lands in a very, very busy time for other games. Drifter's probably going to be the thinnest part of the season. And it ended up being very thin. I guarantee you, Opulence is going to feel heavy compared to both. And I said that before we even got trailer for Season of the Drifter because I think it was just a logical thing to conclude but Bungie's not going to come out and say that vocally I think the games can coexist and launching close to two weeks before is the best choice because there's three spectrums of player here you got to keep satisfied the players that just want new Destiny content and don't care about Borderlands there are people that are going to play Borderlands but still want to keep their toe in Destiny and there's the people that are like I don't care about Destiny, I'm only going to play Borderlands, but at the very least, you get that content in front of them, it's getting YouTube videos made, streaming, Twitch, whatever. I think they're the minority. I think the number of people that are going to sh- like sharply split and only play Borderlands and never come back to Destiny, I don't think that's a quantifiable amount of people, as long as Opulence is successful, and the marketing for whatever's next in Bungie's, you know, timeline is very very good so those are my thoughts we're going to transition to Q&A if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a Q&A session that followed my talk about should Bungie avoid September with their next DLC installment beyond Opulence. A lot of people worried about Borderlands 3 posing a really big threat and pushing everything back. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. Going to jump right into the questions. Uh, remove the banner here. Masterclass says, do you think the normal September release date was decided by Bungie or could have been by Activision? In fact, maybe uh, Bungie has a different time of year for future releases. Well, I don't know. I don't know how much Activision played a part in that. I think September is a traditionally 
favored date by Bungie. I don't know. This may stretch back from even before, um, even before Destiny was a game. I think they did stuff in September even with uh, Halo. I don't know. I don't. But but again, Activision aside, player expectations have been set. It, it you know player expectations have been set. So that's not necessarily going to be something they just ignore. You know, oh, but Borderlands. Again, there are so many people that don't give a rip about or know about or want to play Borderlands enough that they're okay with Bungie not doing anything in September. I think a lot of people would look at that as being like, what the frick, have you guys just given up? You know? Are are, you you even going to do any content ever again? Like, I just think that poses a significant problem uh, from from a from a PR player perspective standpoint, uh, McCheshire says, "Do you think that a good alternative would be for Bungie to postpone until November?" No, I talked about this in my talk. I'm not saying this again. I, like, literally, I said my talk is going to be about why I don't think they should avoid September. So why would I think it'd be a good idea to wait until November? <laughs> um, even if they deliver a Forsaken size DLC, no, I, I gave my thoughts in the talk. Like. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of knew that was going to get answered during the talk, so I'm not sure why you asked it. Like, no, absolutely not. Waiting that long would be terrible. You're talking about getting nothing from the summer all the way to November? That would be terrible. That would not be a good decision. Even if they told us there's going to be a forsaken size DLC or taken king size DLC, even if they told us that, you're still talking about giving people nothing. There are plenty of people that don't check the TWAB, Twitter, YouTube, etc., that would be clueless to the fact as to why they're not getting anything in September. It just wouldn't work. There are too many players in the player base that pay zero attention to Twitter, to TWABs, to YouTube, to Twitch. You, you can't just suddenly do nothing for that long length of time. They'd have to put something in the game to regularly inform people as to what's going on, why, and what's coming. Because that would be a big, giant departure. Uh, Brett, Polygon is reporting that the game director originally said Season of Opulence is going to take influence from the Whisper Mission collective puzzle solving. Uh, Do you think they're headed for another Niobe Labs issue, or did they learn their lesson? Listen, Vicarious Visions was the one they helped with Niobe Labs, and I think Niobe Labs as a concept was fantastic. They had two really, really bad clues, and then Bungie decided to play favorites and not let the community know when when and how they were going to give clues. They basically favored they, they basically favored whoever was available at that specific time on that Friday when they just out of nowhere gave clues. It was really disrespectful the way they handled it. Like, there's no other way to say it. Like, it was just disrespectful. They should not have done what they did. You had you had the entire community invested. Uh, the entire community was invested in that puzzle, and you basically just randomly decided to let somebody get spoon-fed, you know, somebody get spoon-fed the answer on a Friday. Like, it was lame. You know what I'm saying? And it's nobody's fault. It's it's not it's not Glad's fault. It's not anybody's fault that solved it that night. That was on Bungie on how they handled it. It should not have been handled that way. It should have been handled out of respect for the community and everybody that was involved. It should have been a collective on this date and this time we're giving out the clue, right? It's just it makes no sense the way they handle it. So like as long as they don't have two really bad clues again, and as long as they don't decide to play favorites with when they give clues, I think we'll be fine. I'm not too worried. 
I liked Niobe Labs. I thought Niobe Labs was actually really good content. The fight is I did not get I did not get any XP for that. I did not get any clan XP for running Lake of Shadows. I'm still at 3000. I thought you got 500 for each one somebody said. I think you have to run the Strike Nightfall, uh, probably the Strike playlist. Um, did you really like it? I thought the fights were really interesting. I thought closing people off was really, really cool. You know what I mean? I woke up to it being solved because they dropped a clue at like 3 a.m. UK time. It was an atrocious decision. Yeah, it was stupid. It was so frustrating. It was so frustrating the way they handled it. I guess we'll just run actual strikes, which right now it's blackout, but it's arc and heavyweight. It has to be the playlist. Okay. So we will run um we can run arc uh and then we'll run we can run grenadier and keep because I think we've got the grenade buff on. Yeah, we still have the grenade buff on, so we could run armamentarium. If you're listening to the audio version, sorry. I just I'm not concerned about Season of Opulence if they're going to do more puzzle solving because I think Niobe Labs as a concept had some really good things that they did. I just think that they I think they misfired. I think they just misfired on how to handle when people got stuck. I just I don't know. They they just they did not handle that situation well at all. They fumbled the the ball. They shouldn't have had somebody randomly giving out clues on Twitter. Like that should have been kept. That should have been kept under wraps. That shouldn't have been going on either. Um, it just that should not have been the way. That should not have been the way that it went down um, at all. There should have been a much much more organized approach. Now they know to have contingency plans in place if people get stuck. Um, personally, I think what they should do next time if they're worried about like if they do like say like a Niobe Labs 2.0. They should say, at hour number six, if it's not been solved, we're going to be releasing a clue. So everyone knows in advance, don't throw in the towel. Like, stay in there till, you know, stay in there till number, you know, hour number six. And then they need to have specific clues designated for wherever people might get stuck. You don't know where people are going to get stuck. I don't think they knew people were going to get stuck on Broseliende. So you need to have clues for each section of whatever puzzle solving it is, right? Thank you so much, BK Stacker, for the Prime sub. 13 months from 8Mask. Thank you for your resub as well. They need to have it planned out. It just wasn't planned. And you don't ever, you should never, ever, ever do what they did. You should never say, we're not going to give clues, we're not going to give clues, and then you basically lie to the community because all of a sudden you do clue. We're going to do a clue in an hour. Wait, what? You just, you continue to say you weren't going to be doing clues and now all of a sudden you're doing clues? What happened? You know, why did this suddenly change? It's really hard not to be, it's really hard not to be paranoid and think I solved it on Friday and was like, we're going to take a crack at this tomorrow. And then I shut down the stream and then all of a sudden they do a blog post on a Friday, which they never do and say they're releasing a clue in an hour. How do you not get paranoid when something like that happens? Like what the frick is going on? Why are you randomly suddenly scrambling to do a clue on a Friday? It was just really, really strange, extremely strange. Uh, Bumble 17 in Borderlands three, really a threat 
If it's not a common DLC, but an annual pass? Well, I mean, yeah, because if, listen, if people feel like they're not getting enough content, then it does pose a threat. Yeah, it does. People are going to be like, why play? They're just doing another annual pass. They need the kickstart to the annual pass. Like, if if Shadow of the Nine of the Nine is, is right, and they're going to be doing, like, a big kickstart, like a big DLC on the front end, I would think, I would think that that, that'll that'll be enough but it's got to be sizable right once they open the final forge they should have given a clue given a clue randomly no because there were people that were invested there were people that were invested in solving that there were people on raid secrets there was dado there was plenty of people that were invested that had gone to sleep or had gone to, to whatever and couldn't be a part of it they should have said we will be giving a clue at this date and time so people could get their teams back together and get ready. Dude, that night I was eating dinner and was like and had been drinking and I was like, "Oh, I guess I've got to scramble, put together a team and jump back in there." It was dumb. It was it was dumb. They shouldn't have done it. They know that they shouldn't have done it. There was zero defense of saying we're not going to do a clue and then doing a clue with an hour warning. It was stupid. They should not. It was a complete disrespect of the investment from the community up to that point. So, BK Stacker, do you think Bungie might have rele- been released Stacker with initial releases on 9-13 and an additional release in October? Um, yeah, they could do something like that. They could say, here's the initial kickstart to the new annual pass, and then we're going to be doing something back in, you know, and then we're going to do another thing in October. They could definitely try and do a stagger to deal with the fact that, like, people are going to be playing Borderlands, you know? They could say, hey, you know, they're, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this because this oh it expired. I was like, where are my grenades? They, you know, they could definitely do that. They could definitely say we're gonna be doing um we're gonna be doing a staggered release. So September the third is to kind of get everybody in, but then maybe the bulk of the release is like a month later to kind of bring everybody back around. That actually is a smarter suggestion than any that I've heard thus far, because that does both. That kind of gets people in the game gets people in, you know, the 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 feel of of Destiny again like, oh, there's stuff going on, but then they're 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 able to go play Borderlands and then they kind of know they're like, oh, there's more coming too. There's more around the corner. There's there's a bigger there's a bigger content drop or a bigger injection on on such and such a date in October. I don't mind this suggestion at all because this suggestion isn't like punting or capitulating like oh Borderlands is such a threat but it's also acknowledging that like players are going to kind of drift between these two games we can set our schedule up in line with the you know that that back and forth next uh next question Sorry, I was reading something in chat. Remy, after listening to the talk, at one point I want your opinion on his cost. If Bungie charges $40 for another annual pass, do you think players would be swayed or just get a full game and said, well, it depends on how they market it, dude. Because if they market it as very, very sizable and big content, like if it feels Forsaken-esque, then people will spend the 40 The question will be, can they charge us 40 for something that's going to conceivably be big on the front end and then last for another year? Do you see what I'm saying? We paid 40 for 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 Forsaken and then 35 or 30 for the annual pass. So it's like, well, that was basically 70 to $75. That's very different than just 40 
bucks once. Um, that was a lot of people dropping essentially the price of a full game uh, <laughs> in in September, and you're talking about dropping that down significantly if it's only forty bucks. But again, consumer expectation, man. Like they've got to they've got to offer something that's reasonable because if people look at the price point and they're like dude 50 bucks like that's abnormal right i don't i think it's going to be 40 i think they're going to say this is not the same as the last annual pass this is going to be a true annual pass 2.0 it's going to be about delivering bigger content more spread out but still doing you know drip feed so 14 million people tracked on destiny tractor we can assume more than half of those people know have heard of borderlands 3 i think bungie should play it safe and release early no absolutely not again you are making too many assumptions about the player base just because they've heard of borderlands doesn't mean they're going to buy it doesn't mean they're going to play it doesn't mean they're going to just want to give up on destiny Again, there's too many people that don't pay any attention to other games. They just play Destiny. There are plenty of players in the pool that are that way. Even the players that are going to play Borderlands probably want something to come in September. That expectation and rhythm has been set. Because what are you going to do with all the people that are expecting something in September and then you suddenly do something early? Again, market research would probably dictate that going early August, August is probably not a good launch date for anything. Not a lot of stuff typically lands in August because it's just, it's the end of the summer. People are coming back from trips and stuff. Uh, more cat. Isn't Bungie already changing their release schedule? Warmind was uh, May and now Opulence is in June. Why does it have to change for around Borderlands 3 at all? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be because of Borderlands, but that's what people are saying. People are pointing to Borderlands and saying, this is reason enough to move. This is reason enough to change. And I'm just, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think there's a significant portion of the Destiny player base that isn't even going to touch it. I'm not saying they'll give up on D2, but they will invest more time in a brand new game. Okay, but Lobo, you would have to make a concrete argument as to say, you better launch in August. Why? Because if you launch September the 3rd, people won't buy. Why? Because of Borderlands 3. But I guess what? Suddenly their brain's going to get erased in August and they're going to be like, no, yeah, I completely forgot about Borderlands because it's August and not September. Don't you see? You'd have to make a definitive argument that once once you get in close proximity to Borderlands, there's a quantifiable amount of people that are going to be like, nope, no thanks, Bungie. I don't want your content. But if you launch it in August, those quantifiable number of people are willing to buy your content. I don't think you can make that argument. I don't think you can. That there's a large number of people that won't buy it September 3rd because it's too close in proximity to Borderlands. But if it launched in August, they would. I don't think you can make that argument. I also don't think you can make that argument against the backdrop of how many people probably wouldn't even be able to buy and play because August is a bad month for launches. It's like end of the summer. People are still getting back from trips and stuff. I don't know. I, I don't think backing into August is... I don't think you can make a strong argument to back into August. Because you'd have to prove that there are people that as soon as September hits, they're checking out. Like, oh, it's September. We're three days into September. I'm done. I don't, I'm don't. i not buying anything from Bungie. 
I'm not buying their September the 3rd DLC. I'm I'm going for Borderlands. Man, if they would have just launched this last month, I'd have bought it. I don't I don't I, I just I don't think that's a I don't think it's a quantifiable number of people. Um MPS says, I do not understand the need to choose one over the other. Um what if the story sucks or that they play the story uh, either IP? What if PvP sucks for D2 if you're a PvP player? How about we treat this uh, like the first part of the year and say, yay, video games is all over? Well, right. Like, that's the other thing you got to consider. There are plenty of people that are going to want new things to do in PvP. That's a, that's, a, that's a sizable player base. There are people that just want to grind Destiny. There are people that just want to grind public events. And those people are going to want something new in September. And I don't think you can just be like, nah, dude, but Borderlands, we can't, you know, we can't launch. Uh, Trunks, do you think focusing too much on PvP with the many nerfs that Bungie uh, alienated their audience that played the game for loot and they could be going to choose Borderlands 3? Well, no, I I mean, I don't, I, I think nerfs and stuff are frustrating, but I don't think nerfs like push people away. I don't think people are like, dude, I'm freaking done. I'm going to go play Borderlands. They nerf shards of Galanor. I think it frustrates people, but I don't think it frustrates them to that degree. Skull King. If enhancement cores do end up being removed, do you think we will be able to trade them in for another material instead? I think what they should do is they should, since people can stockpile, okay, they would have, like, okay, let's go back to our original idea that you can enhance a perk with enhancement cores, right? Um, so let's go back to that idea. So let's say you can do that. Well, if you can do that, they're going to have to make it so expensive that the average person can't afford it. And it'll be clear. All you're trying to do is bleed people dry who have been saving. It'll be obvious, right? It'll be so clear that you're like, oh, you're just trying to bleed the hardcores dry. And you're, you're you're making it impossible for anybody else. So what they would need to do is introduce a new thing that can drop from like the gunsmith bounties. So you could call them, you know, I don't know, enhancement something, not cores. And you could buy those from him if you want, but as a way to get purpose of enhancement cores, right? Anybody with leftover enhancement cores, you can turn them into the gunsmith you know, every 50, he's going to give you a certain number of, of these new enhancement cards or enhancement whatever, right? If they do that, nobody's going to say, well, that's not fair. I, I don't have any enhancement cores because they're going to say, that's not the point. Enhancement cores are going away. This is the new currency. The new currency is enhancement, you know, enhancement, uh, enhancement, as enhance uh, we'll just call them enhancement um, for the sake of the discussion we'll call them an enhancement coins okay well if I need enhancement coins to enhance a perk on my on my gear how do I get those well these bounties that the that, that, that banshee has will give them to you and if you have any leftover cores you can turn those in to get coins and if you're like well I don't have any coins that's not fair well eventually the people buying them are going to run out of enhancement cores and they get retired as a currency so then that's the end of the matter that conversion rate doesn't matter for forever it only matters initially and then after that we've all moved on now we're just grinding for enhancement coins right 
and then and then you've perfectly converted hardcores and casuals over to the new currency system because they're just grinding whatever new bounties he has and sure if i'm sitting on a stockpile of 300 enhancement cores i get a bit of a boost at the beginning and that's a nice reward for me but then but then you're done right Oh, I turned my 200 enhancement cores into 20 coins. Sweet. I get a little bit of a jump start with these new with this new currency, right? Well, that little jump start's nice, but it isn't going to be game breaking. And the people that can't get that jump start could be like, "Well, week 1, I can get like, I don't know, 5 or 10 from Banshee." You see what I'm saying? As long as you can get them weekly from like some type of a grind, some type of a bounty system, so that you're unifying the player base around that new currency, you're just honoring the grind of the people who had a stockpile and letting them and letting them have a conversion initially and then it's over and done with. It's a way of assimilating everybody over to the new to the new currency. I think that could work. Uh, MPS says, I think that strike specific loot is a thing that needs to come back. Do you agree? I get this question a lot. Um, and what about lost, lost sector sets and stuff? Yeah, I get the question a lot about, uh, strike specific loot. I think a couple of things. Number one, I don't think they should have punted on Ada's bounties. I think they should have figured out how to get her bounties to rotate properly because it creates rhythmic urgency. Now, if you want to have them rotate more often, so maybe each week half of the frames are available and each week they rotate so every other week you can go for a certain frame if you want i think punting on her rhythmic urgency was a mistake because they've just set a precedent now anytime they institute anything like that again you've now set a precedent that you can just you can get the stuff every week you can get you know you can get her cores every week i don't think they should have set that precedent i think that was a dangerous precedent to set because I think rhythmic urgency is part of the identity of Destiny. This week you got the Nightfalls. This week you got Ada's Bounties. If they can get the Nightfalls to properly rotate, that's kind of where I'm coming from on this. The main reason people get frustrated by Nightfall-specific loot is because the Nightfalls don't rotate properly. Maybe have four Nightfalls a week instead because you're you're instituting... There are more Nightfalls than we had you know, initially. And then you got rhythmic urgency. Each week, there's something new for you to grind. You want that, right? One week, you've got this. The next week is this. You're kind of pivoting your interests. I think that's how you kind of maintain that, that, you know, that rhythm of caring about the game week to week to week, okay? Yeah, you can choose which weapon frames you do, but they're all available, so there's no rhythmic urgency at all. Every week, you can get the Kindled Orchid if you want. Every week, you can get... You know what the the blast furnace, if you want, like it's stupid. It was a dumb decision. They they removed a, a a core piece of Destiny's identity when they did that. It was a it was a mistake. And the only reason they did it was because they just couldn't get the bandwidth or the live team or whoever it was to fix it. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Nightfalls could then maintain that rhythmic urgency. Ada's bounty should have maintained that rhythmic urgency, and then there should be vanguard specific loot that can be grinded for in the strike playlist the the spirit of the playlist is you should just be able to come in here and stay in here and grind it out and periodically you would complete a bounty for zavala that would then reward you with an item and then you just keep going not you you don't want people having to go to the tower especially because it's a playlist right you do not want people to feel like I got to keep going to the tower to refresh the bounty. I think they need discharge bounties. You charge up the bounty in the playlist and you discharge it and get your reward. That way you don't have to leave the playlist. Okay? 
this does a couple of things. This gives you strike-specific loot, but not tied to a specific strike. You already have that in Nightfalls. And it gives Zavala purpose. It gives Zavala, a re- you know, something to, to have you grinding for each season. And it gives the strike playlist a purpose it doesn't presently have. Let's be honest. If they did strike-specific loot, nobody would grind the playlist for them. You would just go and grind the strike off of the map, and that's dumb because there's literally, it's like they're the easiest strikes ever. I did Lake of Shadows just a little bit ago. There's no modifiers. It's not even remotely close to your power level. Like, it's a joke. That's that's not the way to grind for strike-specific loot. I think Nightfalls makes sense. It's it's rhythmic urgency, and then it 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 you're in a hard environment, right? Now, most people go for the high score, and then they just freaking and then they just like lower it and make it really fast but that's fine too because at least going for the high score gives you an incentive to take it and make it tough and then you kind of feel rewarded for that high score because it increases the drop rate right now it's like the strike playlist has no purpose and the nightfalls don't rotate properly so in that situation I don't think the solution is to bring back strike specific loot and like water down that grind and make it stupidly easy. I don't think that's a solution. And I don't think skeleton keys were a solution either because skeleton keys just added layers of RNG that were unnecessarily frustrating. And then people just felt like all hope was lost because it was like, well, I can't even get a I can't even get a key to drop, you know? If you couldn't get a key to drop, you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't actually even get or, or try to get an attempt for the weapon. It was terrible. Um, it was awful. BK Stacker, could people use Destiny Two as a game to play while waiting for their friends to be ready to play Borderlands Three co-op? Uh, well, I, I guess I don't know. This question is, I mean, Evil the Waffler. I love both series, and personally, I want D3 to be before or after Borderlands 3, so I can play both. Destiny 3 is not launching this September, and there's literally no way that's happening. We're not talking about Destiny 3 launching this September. Um, we were talking about the next annual pass. There is absolutely, literally no way they are launching Destiny 3 this September, so set that down the river. Don't even cope on that. You think the next annual pass should be individually sold? Um, per DLC, I think this would make a lot of pressure on Bungie by allowing the player base to chip your entry point. It would be a horrible decision because you would fragment the player base. One of the worst decisions of all time is to give you the ability to like, well, I feel more empowered because now I can spend $10 at a time and all you're doing to save yourself potentially $10 is fragmenting the player base. You you would have people buying it piecemeal and that, that's not, that wouldn't be good. You want everybody to buy the full thing and then that's it they're in like they can play that keeps the net wide and the funnel full you never want to start piecemealing content down to the minutia of like ten dollars that would be absurd it would be it would be really easy for people to be like oh it's ten bucks i'm not buying it that's probably garbage content i'm not there's no point like you'd have a perception that there's no value you have the perception that why bother playing 
because you would have people saying like there's no real reason to bother playing it it's just a $10 little measly thing and you'd have people to be like well I'm gonna wait save my $10 see if it's any good so matchmaking player funnels would just be completely fragmented you would never ever ever want to fragment it down to that small if it's 40 bucks up front and you haven't spent any money on Destiny in over a year, and the and the content looks promising, then I don't think you would need to worry about people feeling like, oh, I didn't get my money's worth. Um, Connor, uh, I'm sorry, Corner Clocking says, what without raids, PvP, or the supers, uh, how much do you think the player base will overlap from Destiny and Borderlands Three? Okay, they have raid bosses. They have raid bosses in in Borderlands. It is true that they don't have... Um, it is true. I just got the Prospector Catalyst. It is true that they don't have uh, PvP. I don't think the lack of raids is going to hurt Borderlands with the Destiny community. Number one, the raiding community is a minority. Number two, Borderlands does have raids. Okay? So you'd have to say... What number of people in what number of people in the raiding community are interested in Borderlands, but they feel like uh, raid bosses aren't good enough? Because there be pl- there's going to be plenty of people. There's going to be plenty of people in the player base that are like the raid bosses are good enough for me, right? Even though they're not mechanically as complex, you got to consider what you're saying. You're saying that there's a quantifiable number within the minority of raiders that are going to look at raid bosses and, like, turn their nose up, right? They're already a minority in the Destiny community. And number two, I mean, I, I, I'm not really a raider anymore, but I, I, would, con- I would consider myself one of, the, one of the people who ran raids and was, like, an endgame-minded person. And I think the raid bosses are dope. So... Uh, Zay Walker, do you think Borderlands not confirming a release date this year has thrown Bungie a curveball in their roadmap? Um, no. I just think you guys put too much stock in developers watching whatever other developers do, right? Now, obviously, if if Borderlands was like, we're launching on September the 3rd, it would look pretty bleak for Bungie. Things would look pretty bleak. Seriously, because it'd be like their month, their month is September and their month just got completely hijacked by Borderlands, right? So the fact that Borderlands 3 lands on a Friday, September the 13th, I think that that's actually really good for Bungie because that gives them an opportunity to strike before Borderlands lands. Instead of feeling like, well, we're freaking stuck. Like, we they, they just took the whole month from us, basically. Did Borderlands 3 get pushed out? What are you talking about? Borderlands 3 has been officially announced, launching September the 13th of this year. Electric Kitty. What are your thoughts on drip feed content being redundant after a few weeks? Also, what can be done to fix it? You're postulating it's redundant. All of Destiny is redundant. That's what this game is. It's a content loop. Strikes, Nightfalls, Raids, PvP, you're replaying all the same content. Your question doesn't really land on reality because you're stating a qu- you're stating a characteristic of this type of game and saying what could be done to fix it. It's That's what you do. 
In Borderlands, you're going to replay the story. In Diablo, you run rifts over and over again. In Anthem, in Division, you rerun the same missions over and over again to get loot to min-max. Like, that's a, that's a characteristic of these games. They are repetitive. They are, they become redundant with time. That's just what you do in, in these games. That's, that's what, that's a characteristic of them. Um, Killer36, do you think Bungie is putting all their resources and time into Destiny 3 plus leaving Destiny 2 empty in terms of lack of content? I don't think they're just leaving it, but I think they are pivoting. I think they are pivoting their, um, they're pivoting resources. I think they're doing that. I think it's true. I think it's true um, that they're pivoting resources, but I don't think they're going to be like, yeah, we're just going to leave Destiny 2 empty. I don't think they're going to do that. Did the stream blip there? I don't think so. I don't, I've not dropped frames or anything. Everything looks fine on, uh, on Twitch. Uh, Ginger 300. The annual pass has been an experiment from the start of the leaks. Uh, are true that the first drop will be bigger. Do you think Rise of Ironside's first drop of an annual pass 2.0 would be a good start? Yeah, I think it'd be fine. I think it'd be, I think it'd be, I think it'd be totally fine. Again, you have to consider the number of people that play Destiny and don't care about Borderlands. There's a lot of people in that number, right? Yeah, I think Twitch periodically just blips. I get little black blips on my mobile device. I think that's just a quality. It's just changing quality. Um, so, yeah, include me in that. Yeah, I'm telling you, I think there's tons of people that are just like, dude, I don't care about Borderlands. Just keep launching Destiny content. And then there are people like me. I'm going to play both. And I'm like, don't freaking not launch anything in September. That's dumb. You know, launch it on the third. I'll blitz it for 10 days and have a fun time. And then I'll rotate between that and Borderlands 3. I'll kind of bounce back, you know, back and forth between the two games. Like, there are plenty of people all along the spectrum that aren't going to be like, but this is stupid. Why they even launch content in September? I'm not going to play it. You know. Twitch makes people think there's more crossover between the player bases than there actually is. Right, because you're seeing all the streamers that love looter shooters and you're like, oh, they're all going over there. You know. Listen, a lot of the streamers that are going to heavily stream Borderlands have barely touched Destiny, so nothing's new. I mean, they're not... That's that's not going to... Their their weekly engagement's not going to change much. They're barely touching Destiny as it is. They play it when it's relevant and then they put it down. And that's fine. A lot of people wanted to spread their wings and diversify. And when you can successfully do that, you do it. I've not been playing Destiny all day, every day like I used to. I've been pivoting to like random platformer Metroidvania games in the afternoon. And that doesn't do anything for my channel. I'm not even playing relevant games in the afternoon. Why? I'm just diversifying. I'm exposing people to new content. I'm exposing people to the idea that I can stream something that's not Destiny. And if I can capture and keep a decent chunk audience in a game that has zero relevancy, that's good practice for when I'm playing a game in the afternoon that does have relevancy, like Borderlands. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people are are all along that spectrum. I'm probably still going to be doing doing both every day now we may reverse the order and i may start in borderlands if we feel like that's a better pivot but still i'll be doing both just to keep that foot and to keep that toe in the water there's plenty that there's plenty to be done and talk about in destiny every time they launch new content you know uh tokyo prince what do you think bungie 
uh, would have to bring to the table this September to maybe complete compete with Borderlands 3. This is just really generic, and I feel like we've touched on this enough. I feel like if it's sizable enough, and it's 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 a good injection, I think it'll be I think it'll be fine. Loke Q says, I'm concerned that if the next DLC does not deliver on a similar level to Forsaken, the game will continue to slowly lose players and not bring back players who have already left. What does the minimal viable product for the next DLC look like to you? I think the next year is going to feel more sizable than Forsaken if they play their cards right because they've got so much content they can repurpose and Forsaken didn't do that. Forsaken added a chapter to the book. Forsaken didn't rewrite the bad parts of the book. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I, I don't I don't think they've really, really hit the ball completely out of the park yet, and I think that they can do that with a with a really, really well intended effort of repurpose repurposing. And I just don't think they did that in Forsaken. You can go through the entire book now and rewrite all the chapters that could be significantly better instead of just writing another chapter, if that makes sense. Like, so that's how I would that's how I would look at it. Electric Kitty, do you think there's too much currency in Destiny, and what could they do in exchange? No, I think currencies are fine, other than having currencies that get deadlocked, like enhancement cores, like enhancement cores have two purposes and most people do not do the second purpose <clears throat> excuse me most people do not do the second purpose they're not master working anything it's just a deadlocked currency You're, they do what I do they stockpile because they know season of opulence they're going to need a bunch so they're like well I'm just going to stockpile what the frick's the point of you know enhance in, in master working right now you know iCrazy420, what's your opinion on them nerfing a Not Forgotten and the Lunas? Why nerf the hardest guns in the game again? People work so hard. Uh, yeah, here's the thing. I, um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip your question, but I'm gonna answer it. Please don't put the F word in your questions. I'm a family-friendly stream, and I don't want that sitting on my dadgum screen. Um, my opinion on the Lunas and the Not Forgotten, uh... My, my, my opinion on the nerf, I have a whole video on this. I don't think they should have done it, right? I think that when you look at the problem and the people that were more intelligent on this than me weighed in on it and said that the main issue is bloom on hand cannons on console and, you know that's the main problem like hand cannons on console cannot compete because of bloom bad recoil and bad in-air accuracy that's the problem now if you standardize all hand cannons and you still feel like lunas and not forgotten is problematic at the very least you standardized and now you have no like less variables but right now it's like you didn't fix a core fundamental problem with hand cannons on consoles right so more than likely it ain't gonna get any better you're just gonna have these two guns on console 150s that don't deal with um that don't deal with bloom and don't deal with in-air accuracy being bad and recoil right so uh remy 
How much more do you think Bungie can bring to the table for the next annual pass, considering they're already working on D3? A non-the-nine leak, the D3 may have a dark power. I feel at most they could look forward to one to three exclusive exotics, more D1 exotics. Uh, This is just all speculation at this point, though. We don't know how much they can do. We don't know if they found another company to outsource work to. I don't, you know what I'm saying? We just don't know. So, speculating at this point, I I think we're going to get less but if it's if this if the season if the annual pass if the next year's theme is a repurposing theme then i think it can feel very substantive and good um harry moose knuckle do you think they should change the character system what i mean is as a casual player i'm not going to waste more time on more than one character with 55 days on my hunter alone, I can't justify starting up a Titan or a Warlock. Here's what I think they should do. I think they should institute an idea where get rid of um, get rid of Surge Bounties, okay? Get rid of Spark of Light. And when you have a max level character, you should be able to um, or when you, you hit a certain level or something, you finish the campaign, you finish this, you finish that. You should be able to you should be able to just create a character in the tower who's ready to rock and roll in the end game. Like you should just be allowed to do that, right? Because th- the main issue here is is that especially when you have to replay the campaign, nobody wants to do. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to replay, you know, the campaign to a second and a third time. So what do they do? Well, they just rush it. They skip through everything. They skip through the cutscenes. They they speed run everything. So you spend all this time on a campaign that you admittedly probably have to make. Like, imagine, I've said this many times. Imagine if the Destiny 2 vanilla campaign forced you to play all the adventures. It would have been twice the length. It would have been significantly longer if they forced you to do that. Magic and Mitch, thank you for 25 months. And Victor Mayhem, I may have missed your three-month sub. Thank you. Now, imagine if when you finish that campaign and it was twice as long, all that extra dialogue in the adventures, there's a lot of great story that gets established in the adventures, and then it's time to make your second and third character, they just drop in the tower at whatever the the level of your character is at the end of the campaign. I forget what it was. It wasn't max level. So you basically just make a third and fourth character in the tower. They spit out. They get spit out with a bunch of generic gear. And instead of playing through the campaign again, you just start grinding that character. You start trying to get them to max level. You start grinding for gear. Thank you for 12 months, Luna. That's a whole year. That's a red badge. Don't you see? It's like you shortchange the campaign because you know people are going to have to run it three times, so you make it short, and then people speed run it the second and third time anyway. It gets hit from both ends. It The campaign gets devalued twice. It gets devalued by Bungie because they're like, well, people are going to have to play this a second and a third time. We better lower how long it takes. And then when they do that, it's not as the first time through, you're like, well, that could have been a little bit longer. And then your second and third time, you speed run it anyway. Right? As bad as Anthem was, not having to replay the campaign on every javelin was so nice. Oh, it was so much better. So much better. Um, Evil the Waffler. I messed up. I meant DLC, not Destiny 3. Which would you recommend playing first? Borderlands 3 or the DLC if they launch at the same time? 
whichever you want to play more. I don't, whichever, that's up to you. I don't care. And I don't know how good the next DLC is going to be, so I can't make a recommendation. Um, JD Gamer, what are your thoughts on competitive side of D2 with people saying people that play solo should go against solo players in comp and four stacks should go against four stacks? Obviously, they should be a propensity for stacks to go against stacks and solos to go against solos, but you can't give them their own playlist and you can't be too rigid. If you're too rigid with it, then you're going to make matchmaking take forever. For people that are like two stack, three stack, four stack, they're going to wait in matchmaking for an eternity because you need solos to, to gap fill. I'm sorry, but you do. The minute you put solos in their own playlist, you murder matchmaking for everybody. Then people get matchmade outside of their region, then it's laggy, so they wait a long, long time to match, and then when they do get matched, connection sucks because the game's like, sorry, we just can't find anybody for you right now. Um, That's generally pretty terrible. A pretty terrible experience. So it should do its best to, to give you, you know... To give you a, like a like, here's a team that's that's a, it's solo if they can, but if they can't, again, they can't be too rigid about this because then people are gonna wait for forever in matchmaking. You're already dealing with a dwindling player base. Player base numbers going down. Last thing you want to do is start t- making matchmaking take longer. Um, that you're just gonna put people. You're just gonna that compounds itself, right? Because then people are like, I'm so sick of waiting. I'm gonna stop playing. So then the, the, the player base shrinks some more, and when the player base shrinks some more, that hurts matchmaking. So, like, it just continues to compound itself. That problem just gets worse and worse and worse with every passing day because people are like, I just can't get into a game. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse over that, you know, over time. Um, M- M- Mstrom. Is there a new raid-type activity... The normal release date is after the DLC comes out. Would the Borderlands 3 release date hurt a raid? Yeah, this is a good piece of feedback because somebody said, well, Lono, if they launch on September the 3rd, the raid would then land on the 13th. That's that's going to be... That's Borderlands launch date, right? Um, I'd be okay with them pushing it further back. I'd be okay with them pushing it further back. Did we go backwards? What's going on? I think we... Did we get confused and go backwards? No, what's going on with the game here? The guy with us must be lagging or something. The third... Yeah, this third guy inverted must be, like, lagging out or disconnecting. Or, no, he is connecting. Um, I'd be okay with them putting the raid on a week later. You know? Like, it... it, I get where people are coming from, but sometimes companies just have to own their game and their launch schedules and be like other games be darned you know this is just this is when we're launching our stuff and if they're like the raid's gonna launch on the 20th instead of the 13th to give people a little bit more time I'd be okay with that because we've been calling for that for a while anyway we've been calling for that for a long long time we've been saying man if you guys could just give people a little bit more time you know and and streamline the leveling a little bit that'd be that'd be freaking great you know we've been we've been requesting to not have to blitz leveling uh, for raid preparation, man, he just kept stunning him every time I took a shot. We've been we've been requesting better raid launch dates anyway uh, for a while, so I don't I wouldn't complain about that in the least. The only people that would complain about that are the people that would feel torn that second week of week of raid prep. They'd be wanting to play Borderlands and they'd be torn. 
I don't really care. Like, <laughs> the, uh, the raid prep blitz and four teams competing is stupid anyway. Uh, Corner Clockin says, you think Destiny players will be happy with the customization options versus armor look between Borderlands 3 and Destiny? Well, again, they're different games, so, like, I don't think people are going to go into um, Borderlands and be like, this game sucks, I can't do everything I do in Destiny. I mean, people might do that, but they're dumb if they do. Like, it's a different game. That would be like playing Diablo and being like, I can't really see my my weapons because it's isometric and it's zoomed out. Like, yeah, you're playing a different game, you dingbat. Like, of course it looks different. Um, that's... That's something I'm sure people will do. But if you look, if you play, if you're going to play Borderlands and you're going to criticize it because it doesn't have some of the customization that you get in, uh, you get in Destiny. I mean, I, I just, I think you're, I think you're being silly at that point. Um, cause there's so much, there, there's so much good in Borderlands that's not in Destiny to kind of keep you going so much loot variety, random rolls, really cool looking loot, so much enemy variety, different so many different places to go. I mean, I I I think that it's it's one of the more satisfying looter shooters around and they got the scaling right, like they did so much right with how this game's going to look and feel and run. Um I, I would be surprised if people really took issue with the cut. Cu- like, oh, there's just not enough customization. And they are adding quite a bit of customization with, you know, changing your head and your skins and stuff. So uh, there's actually there's actually a pretty good amount of customization in uh, Borderlands 3 from from uh, from what I saw. More cat. What could uh, Bungie do marketing-wise to try to generate as much hype more than Borderlands 3? Uh, both can exist, but if they release in the same month, they'll compete marketing-wise. Not necessarily, no. They don't compete marketing-wise. They have their own. They have their own market. They have their own audience. They're, if that were true, then what the frick is E3? You know, everybody's always gone to E3 and marketed their games, and they're all marketing. And I mean, we ended last E3 and we kind of laughed. We're like, "Holy frick, March is going to be full because so many games landed in March." Um, so I don't. I don't think you have to really worry about that. Like, oh no, the marketing, we better watch out. You know, I think that there's, I think there's plenty, uh, plenty of space in the world for both games. There's so many players out there. Um, I think a lot of people really overstate some of this stuff. So, uh, Calgon Wild says, I'm gonna take your question in just a second. Uh, do you think Bungie would ever make unique armor rewards for the hardcore players? Kind of like how WoW did. I mean, they do that in raids. You get unique looking armor in raids you can't get anywhere else, and that's for the hardcore player. So, not a lot of people are running around in full raid sets. Now, if you're talking about, like, unique as in they're, they're a reward that has its own power and stuff, I've been saying they need to go back to that set bonuses, perks in the raid, etc. They definitely need to go back to that. Uh, Scott Mowry says, building off of your chapters left to rewrite, would you like to see them expand uh, Curse of Osiris Warmind because they were so lackluster? Well, yeah, that's one of the things I brought up recently is I said that 
the forge in Curse of Osiris with random rolls would make a significant difference in the quality of that DLC if they would have had random rolls. There would have been a huge difference in the life of that DLC with random rolls. Because instead of basically getting a new weapon and then after like you got weapon number 11, you're done, that's not what you would have done. You would have been grinding for a particular roll. That's why that that's that's why that video went viral of Goth being like, it's the infinite forest with infinite possibilities. Why wouldn't you do random rolls? It spits out different rolls. Like, why would you not? Why would you not? It was like it was funny because it was so true. It was like, what the actual frick are you guys doing here? Right? So much potential. I cannot believe I whiffed that. <laughs> so much potential, and they just, you know, they just didn't do it. And it's a bu- it's a bummer, it's a bummer because they 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 could have done so much more with it, and I think they could they could repurpose that. I think they could repurpose the escalation protocol weapons in a very very similar fashion. Remy says, uh, while I see how the two games are different, do you think Bungie needs to let go of old loot, or does it need Age of Triumph where everything gets random rolls, larger loot pool? Borderlands Three seems to have a much more rewarding loot. This is a problem since Division that I think people are are picking up on in destiny and i don't think people are willing to let go which is unfortunate because what ends up happening is your old loot that you're clutching to so strongly becomes becomes a detriment to future power in the future of the game it's just like they can't add they can't keep adding power infinitely it's not possible it's like they have to they have to keep accommodating your old stuff and your old stuff is better than the new stuff so then it's just like what's the point right you've, I don't know you've got to, they've got to, they've got to rethink how they do the loot as far as loot longevity and loot life uh, uh, young thug what do you think about the future of the PC platform considering Activision vicarious visions are no longer in the picture Bungie mainly console company after all there People have speculated that this means that the, that the PC version is in jeopardy, and I just don't think that's true. Um, I don't think the PC version's in jeopardy at all. They would not turn their back on that community. They would not turn their back on this platform. That would be an enormous mistake, um, especially with the way things are going. Uh, and, you know... There's new consoles that haven't even been announced yet that could be playing a part in the future and in what we get as far as like quality of the game and what it looks like. And having a port to PC might be helpful in that regard. Uh, Buddy says, should they drop some activities to consolidate both development resources and player bases around fewer things? Is Gambit something that should go away? Oh, you mean like get rid of certain activities? Um, to consolidate. I don't know if that's the answer either, though. That can make people feel like, well, you're not really adding, you're taking away. Do you know what I'm saying? Sorry. You can definitely make people feel like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You know what, you know what I mean? Like, well, okay, you're giving us content, but you're cutting stuff too. Of course. Of course. When you look at gambit and nothing really added to pvp you can see that they've kind of done that right they've kind of done that 
they kind of took resources and ideas and new content offering and they kind of haven't really done anything for PvP but they've been working on you know delivering and expanding Gambit so they do do that but they don't come out and say they're doing that they're not like hey by the way you know we're we're not going to really invest in PvP right now uh, we're only going to invest in Gambit and then people are like what they wouldn't do that but people have sniffed out that they're doing it right it's not surprising that people have kind of sniffed out like like wait you guys haven't really done anything for pvp at all it's just this huge focus on this this enormous focus on uh on gambit an entire season dedicated toward you know turns 31 do you think Season of Opulence will bring back all year one gear up to year two standards with random rolls? Uh, I just want vendors to sell weekly rotating random rolls. That's my number one thing from D1 to come back. That's te- that's This is a terrible value point, though. I know you liked this, but they, they did that at the end of D1 for a reason. It's a grind killer. You're not grinding for anything. You're going to the tower, and you're like sweet anything better this week and then you just buy it if it's better like that's a grind killer there's no grind there's no pursuit there's no chase you're just buying god rolls you know and then and then if there's no good rolls what does it do it motivates disengagement you're like i'll just wait for next week this is bad you don't want this back what you want i'm not telling you what you want but what you I would hope what you would want is to play the game. And if you want to play the game and you want to chase God rolls, the best way to do that is for them to fill the game with volitional intentionality so you can pursue things the way you did with Ada. That's a, that like that's the win for the community. You don't want people feeling like, oh, I'm just going to wait for a God roll in the tower. That's a grind killer. That's an engagement killer. Oh, but you people check in each week. I, I guess. Oh, I'm already in. I might as well play. I could see that side of the argument. I think there's two sides to that argument, though. I think there's there's a side of the argument that says, that w- why, why bother playing? if I can just get god rolls from the tower and then the other side of the argument is well sure but I can I, I'm, I'm in I'm logging in each week and playing when you um, when you do that I'm actually checking out the game I'm actually playing I'm actually invested you know so, so I, I don't know dude I think that there's I think that there's definitely two sides to the argument but I think in a loot pursuit game, that's the weaker side of the argument. You're basically saying, let me let me just log in, check the tower for god rolls, and that's the source of my guns. That's the source of my weaponry. I don't know. I feel like that's that's not a good that's just not a good call. I feel like it's diluting of the weapon grind. Diluting of loot pursuit. Uh Sofly Kite says Do you think uh, Destiny 3 needs a solid vision to be built off of. I feel like these days we keep getting test model after test model for activities, loop pursuit that never has even passed. I mean, I feel like people sometimes just feed me my own, my own, like, verbiage back to me. Maybe not. Maybe you're just really lucky. But I've been saying this for weeks now. So, 
I, yeah, I've I've said this numerous times. If you've never heard me say this, then okay, it's a valid question. But I feel like this is literally how I phrased it. They need a solid unified vision to build off of. That's why people leaving the company isn't alarming. That's why changing the approach to D3 not being with Activision, Luke Smith being in charge is I think probably a big win. So, if if you've never heard me say this, then I guess great. But I feel like a lot of times people submit questions and literally use my own verbiage back at me and be like, do you agree with this? And it's like, yeah, I've said this in four different videos. Um, so if you're not doing that, no worries. But try not to do that, guys. That's not like there's no point asking a question that I've already answered. I've already said numerous times. Uh, Remy, if the September expansion launches the same day as Borderlands 3, which would you play first? Uh, probably Destiny because I'm more known here so I would dive in, stream it, check it out awesome, get a bunch of homies in here and be like, alright guys, we're gonna go check out Borderlands now Um, I would. that's how I would probably call it Dawson, do you think they should lock the light level to 25 lower than max until raid launches? Yeah, a lot of people have asked for this, myself, Gigs and others have a standard cap that nobody can go beyond, so the race is, uh, is, is fair. Murph Dog, do you think they should just jettison competitive PvP altogether? It's getting old hearing about the complaints about competitive. I think competitive is being sent away in jettison. I think it is. I think they're going towards a very, very more magic, more chaos, bigger engagement style PvP. It's what my gut tells me. Uh, more cat. I know you said people leaving is a good thing due to changing vision. Do you think they should try to get anyone they've lost back? No, I don't think so. Unless they feel like they really, really need them or they're really going to bring a big value. Whoa, I almost dropped my phone. They're really going to bring a big value point. I don't I don't think so. If somebody feels like they need to go, bringing them back, I mean, you've, their heart's got to be in it, man. You, you want somebody this to be their passion, not like, well, all right, you offered me enough money. You know what I'm saying? Now, if it was like a composer or somebody in the art department or a concept artist or something, somebody that has just great artistic talent, then I would say, yes, maybe bring them back. You know, if you're going to lose Lance Riddick as the voice for Zavala or something. But as far as somebody who's a design lead or a team lead or a producer or something, they may not just be in, their heart may not be in anymore, and you don't want them in charge of a team or a project. Uh, last Dunadine. Regarding loot power, are you in favor of locking maximum power of weapons of, of a given season? Um, Midnight Coup should be maxed at 300, Icolos 380. What about armor? I think every 12 to 18 months, stuff needs left behind. People that argue against me don't understand that there's a ceiling on how much they can add and how much they can do, and the idea that they can just keep adding new weapons while letting you keep your old weapons is ludicrous and foolhardy. I know it gets people get all wound up, and their emotions get activated, and they're super attached to their weapons, but it's a freaking fool's errand to just keep adding weapons for forever while letting you keep the old. It doesn't work. You've got to leave stuff behind. It is a necessity. It is an actual necessity, and you'll gripe and complain, and you'll keep chasing the new stuff anyway, as long as it's cool. Evil the Waffler, off topic, but with the leveling, uh, what if they just raised the level by 10 every week, and didn't do big jumps like with the 50? Uh, yeah, I don't know if this would work. I think this would make things more accessible in the beginning, but I do, because I do think that, um, I do think the leveling becomes 
daunting and people are like oh my gosh you know I can't believe you know I can't believe I've got to go so far after seeing the amazing skill trees in Borderlands 3 do you think similar customization should be added to Destiny I think they should consider drilling down on the attunements yes attunements should be like skill toppers where you pick this and then you drill down and change it like you pick your action skill in Borderlands and you drill down you should pick like way of a thousand cuts and here's your four abilities and then you drill down and make changes to how it plays out I think that would be dope so that's the last question I'm going to cut it there you guys can keep submitting questions and keep talking we are going to do a Borderlands talk and a discussion so don't go anywhere if you're here live if you enjoyed it click follow that's a free way to support my content and submit questions so click that little heart button to follow my channel if you're listening on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all my content please like share and subscribe